When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Recording started. Worthy of the honor.
and the El Shaddai. You love us in spite of our sins and our iniquities. You have prepared a place for us since before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. You brought us into your holy family. You looked over humanity and you saw fit for us to be saved. Father, we give you all praise. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. Once again, Father, we ask that you have mercy upon us, your little children. Not that we are better than anyone, but Father, we have confessed with our mouth and we have believed in our heart, the Lord Jesus, and that you have raised him from the dead and you said that we would be saved, Father. Thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you, Father, for not dealing with us as our sins deserve. Your mercy and your grace speak, Father. We give you thanks. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as we continue in your worship today, that you will speak to us, through us, and for us, that your people in the four corners of the earth may be blessed, edified, strengthened, encouraged, rebuked, whatever you deem necessary, Heavenly Father. Let your good, pleasing, and perfect will be done in our midst. Father, as you do these things for us, your little children, we will be so careful to continue to give your name all glory, all the honor, and all the praise. These and all of the blessings, Father, we ask and we count done. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray that God's people around the world say amen. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide headquarters here in Kenston, North Carolina, USA, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, a place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. We do pray that you are blessed, highly favored, wherever this broadcast is locating you, whatever 
year it is that you are watching this broadcast, whatever season you are in. See, understand this, my brother and my sister. You know, God will give his prophets a word for his people. That's what a prophet is. He speaks, he or she speaks to God's people on behalf of God. Now, that's just the, the opposite of a priest. A priest speaks to God on behalf of the people. But God will give his prophets and his prophetesses a word for his people. And that word may not even be during their lifetime. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? God gave Isaiah a word about Jesus Christ who was not even born in the natural until about 800 years after the prophetic word. So during Isaiah's lifetime, he, he had a word from God but it was concerning 800 years in the future. So understand, my brothers and my sisters, the word that God may have placed within you or within me may be far in advance of our dispensation, of our generation. See, Noah had a word from God concerning events that were to take place just a few days or a few hundred years in the future. People didn't want to accept that. But nevertheless, the word that God gave Noah came to pass at the appointed time. That's one of the ways the Old Testament, you could tell if a prophet was true or false. If what the prophet said came to pass, he or she was true. If it didn't, he or she was false. So understand that the word that God is giving us may be for a time well in advance of when he is giving it. Now, what we're going to do, children of God, um, we looked yesterday, we started actually uh, our series, Fear of Man. And we're going back to something we used to do some um, years ago. We would have a series for a number of days and to, to bring home that topic or to bring home that message. And we're going to go back to that uh, for a little while as the Lord leads. We looked yesterday at fear of what? Fear of man. And we're going to take another look at fear of man too. This would be fear of man too. And we're going to be looking at the book of First Samuel. Chapter 17, verse 32. All right, First Samuel chapter 17, it's not live, 
It's not even on. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Now we're working from our theme, continuing our work from our theme, fear of man. Again, let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father for the privilege and the opportunity to worship you, to study, to show ourselves approved unto you. Make us, Father, workmen and workwomen who need not to be ashamed, but who rightly divide your word of truth. Speak, Father, for your Servants, your children, your people are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Fear of man. Most of us know the account of David and Goliath, how a young man of about 17 years old killed a mighty giant that had been a fighting man from his youth. But as we examine the interaction between David and Goliath between David and Saul, between David and his brothers, you will see that there in, in here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, there are more interactions than just David and Goliath. In other words, David had to deal with a plethora or a, a lot of characters in this account. David, the youngest son of Jesse, was at the battle not because he was a soldier, not because he was scheduled to fight, not because he had uh, joined the army, but he was there because God wanted his anointing there. All right? Now understand this, children of God. 
some of us are where we find ourselves simply because God, what? Wants his anointing there. If you and I are there, there is a reason that God has allowed us to be there. We may not be on the program. We may not be uh, scheduled to speak. We may not be the keynote speech. But if we are there as children of God, there is a what? There's a reason. You might be working at McDonald's as a child of God. God wants his anointing there. You might be working in an office. I know one of our uh, uh, former deacons has said this, who's, who's now an elder. You might be working at an office where everybody there is an atheist. And you're wondering if, if, if you are in the right place. If you, you find yourself there, that means God wanted his anointing there in the midst of those atheists. You might look up like I had to look up a few weeks ago. Find myself in a country that was about 98, 99% Muslim. God wanted his anointing there. David looked up and found himself not a soldier in the army, but found himself in the battle because God wanted his anointing there. Now look at, go back to verse 17 and understand the reason that men had for David being there and then understand the reason that God had for David being there. You say, well, you say, what about, there may be a reason that men have for you and I to be in a place, but then you need to look deep and understand there's a reason God has you there. Now, my spirit is going to uh, one of my sons. One of my sons has been a son for 30 plus years. And he was talking about the years. He was a basketball player of mine since he was about 13 years old, 40 plus now. God is blessing him in so many different dimensions. And we were talking the other day and he was talking about the, the impact that we uh, made on his life and, and growing up. Now, according to men, I was at that school to teach health and physical education. But God had me there to plant seeds of godliness and righteousness into his children that they might prosper in life. Look at verse 17. Jesse said to his son, David, take this ephah of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commanders of their units. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. So men had David there to do what? To, one of the saints said to deliver groceries, <laughs> to bring lunch, to bring a hot meal, to bring some cheeses to the commanders. But God had David there to show these soldiers what real relationship 
with God was all about. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, wherever men have of us, may we show forth real relationship with God in that place. We might look up, we might be in prison. May we look up and may we show forth what real relationship with God is all about in the prison. David looked up and found himself on the battle front. Nobody's soldier, according to men's standards. Nobody's warrior, according to men. But that, but, but he had to show what a real soldier of God was all about. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we show what a real soldier for God, what? is really all about. Now, the Lord just flashed something in my spirit. I think it was the first time I went to Nigeria back in 2003. Um, soon as I got there, had about, I don't know, 40, 50 of the saints and bishops, pastors, different ones that met me at the airport as I came in. We got out in the parking lot, joined hands in a huge circle, prayed, thanked God for, you know, what he had done. But the very next day, the bishops were planning to take me to Ghana for some programs. You know, I touched down in Lagos. They had already set up a number of programs in Ghana. And Ghana is about three countries away from Nigeria. You have Nigeria. Then once you leave Nigeria, you go to a place called Cotonou, a country called Cotonou. Then once you leave Cotonou, you go to a place called Togo. Then you go through Togo and you enter into Ghana. It's a pretty long, pretty long trip by by road. But what we didn't know, because that was my first time in uh, Africa and the bishops, they didn't know that. But to make a long story short, I was supposed to have uh, a visa for each one of those countries that I passed through, a transit visa. And as we were leaving Nigeria, trying to go into Cotonou, we were stopped at the border by immigration officials. And they checked the papers of the driver and, you know, the Nigerians, they were able to travel freely because they were West Africans. But I was not. I was an American. So once they got to me, all the others their papers are fine being Nigerians. They can travel in West Africa, no problem. But when they saw my information, they stopped the whole convoy. Made me get down from the vehicle. I, I looked at the pastors, many of the pastors and bishops were very nervous because many of the officials there in in in, in West Africa, they don't they don't play. These brothers Many of them carrying big guns and different things, and they 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 will they can do something to you. Let's say it like that. Well, the the officials started yelling, you know, and and appeared to be getting ready to get violent with the pastors and the bishops. Pastors and bishops were nervous and afraid. And they brought us in, had us all inside and were, were fiercely questioning us. And I was just kind of sitting and looking. You know, this is my first time in 
West Africa, and I had only seen this kind of thing on TV. But the, the officials, what are you doing here? Why are you here? What is it? And the, the pastors, you know, what, what, and they got to me, and they started yelling and screaming at me and asking, getting up in my face with the guns and everything. I said, look, I'm an apostle of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I've been sent here to preach the glorious gospel of him. And look right at them. They looked at me. And I remember the head man said, you know, all the pastors, the pastor was saying, Apostle, before we, we got questioned by the officials, Apostle, tell a lie and tell them that you are West African and we're going to get in trouble. I said, I'm not lying to anybody about anything. And I told him, I told the, the official and the head man looked at me and I looked at him right straight in there. The other pastors were shaking and nervous and you know, and he said, he said, get him out of here. He's a true man of God. He has no fear. Well, and he took me out and the officials began to let us know what needed to be done in order for me to travel across the borders. But I'll never remember that. I'll never forget that. You know. See, sometimes my brother and my sister the situation we find ourselves in, sometimes individuals must need to just see people that have courage in those situations. Doesn't mean all the time that you have to fight your Goliath. Sometimes all you have to do is show courage to your Goliath. David showed courage and he had to fight. Now, sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll have to go a step further. David showed courage. He didn't allow the fear of man to trip him up. Now, remember, fear of man will prove to be a what? We talked about yesterday. Fear of man will prove to be a snare or a trap. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Trust in the Lord. See? Trust in the Lord. I want to encourage you. David was there by men for one thing, but God was sitting on the throne in heaven and said, I know that's why men had him there, but the reason why I have him there is because what he's going to do is he's going to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. So understand that the purpose and the reason that God has us in a place is always bigger than the purpose and the reason that men and women have us in a place. It's bigger than that. It's, it's just bigger. Now, David's oldest brother, you know, came very upset with David for being there. You know, when let's look, look at verse 28, and we're about to kick off. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger. Now, a lot of times, and I saw this, I saw this not too long ago, uh, out of some family members. Sometimes, you know, just our presence 
can irritate some people. Now, understand, David's presence irritated his oldest brother, Eliab. Now, why? Remember this, Eliab, David had three older brothers that, that were in the army, Eliab, Obadiah, and Shammah. Now, Eliab was the first one when, when, when the prophet Samuel was sent to Jesse's house to anoint a king, everybody thought, what? It was going to be Eliab. He was the oldest, tall, strong, good-looking boy. He brought out Eliab. You know, people like this is this got to be sure. Even the prophet, when he saw Eliab, he said, surely, what? The Lord's anointed stands here before. The prophet Samuel was like, Eliab, this brother has got to be it. How many times have we seen somebody or something or someplace, a car, a business, uh, and we thought this has got to be it. Surely this is what this is what the Lord wants. Surely. This is what the Lord has selected, surely. And the, but the Lord said, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. So Eliab got passed by immediately. Obadiah got passed by what? Immediately. Shammah got passed by what? Immediately, all these brothers, all these tall, good looking young men. So here is Eliab. He hasn't forgot that. No. He hasn't forgot that he was humiliated. That David, his youngest brother, was selected as king over Israel. So now here's David. You know, in Eliab's mind, you already made me look bad at the sacrifice. Now here you are. Well, we are running. We are afraid of Goliath. We are already ashamed. And now here you are down here. What, to make us look bad again? And it's not really David making them look bad. It's what? Their own lack of faith. Their own lack of trust. So David's presence is irking his brother. Sometimes you got to understand when your presence irks family members. Your presence irks certain ones. So-called friends. Just your presence. Just, just who you are. You know, David had an indomitable spirit. His brothers did not. David had a spirit was that was that said, "Look, we can do this thing through God, regardless of what what people are talking about, what it looks like. We can do this thing through God." His brothers were like, "Man, Goliath is nearly ten feet tall. Goliath has been a fighting man since his youth. Goliath has killed all." David's like, "I'm not, I don't care about what Goliath has done." David said, "Look." My God is bigger than Goliath. I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister. Our God is bigger than whatever Goliath we find ourselves faced with in life. Our God is bigger than poverty. See, some of us won't talk about poverty. 
and what poverty has done. Some of us want to talk about racism and what racism has done. God said, Robert, I'm bigger than racism. Some of us want to talk about uh, uh, incest and what happened. God said, I'm bigger than incest. Understand my brother and my sister, the God that we serve is bigger than that. I don't care what you come up with to talk about in, in your little mind, in my little mind. The God that we serve is what? He's bigger. I'm caught all up in racism. For what? My God is bigger than racism. Caught all up in prejudice. For what? My God is bigger than prejudice. Caught all up, caught all up, up, up in sexism. My God is bigger than sexism. Caught all up in the corona plague. My God is bigger than the corona plague. The God that we serve is what? Bigger than that. So don't don't get sidetracked by little stuff. Don't get sidetracked by little gods. The God that we serve is capital G-O-D. When Eliab, verse 28, David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger. Understand that sometimes, I, I, God had to reveal this to me. To some of you all out there, just me opening my mouth is irritating you. And that's all right. You go on and, and listen to whoever you want to listen to. David, the Bible says, when his oldest brother heard him, what? Speaking. Why? Because David wasn't talking the same kind of cowardice that he was talking. David wasn't talking the same kind of fear. David wasn't talking the same kind of doubt. And you got to understand that when you talk in a, 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 a different talk, a lot of times that's that's irritating somebody. He burned with anger and he asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is now. Now, understand, this is one of the things that we are going to run into when we trust God. People will think we're conceited. People think we're arrogant. People think we are better. Think we think we are better than somebody when we trust God. Understand, my brother and my sister, somebody trusts God more than you. Somebody knows God more than you. Somebody believes God more than you. It's not that they're arrogant, conceited, or, or stuck up. It's just they, they, they know their God better than you or better than me. David's brothers were Israelite soldiers just like, or Israelite men just like David was. The same promises had been given to David's brothers that had been given to David. The difference was David's brothers didn't believe them, and David did. We say, Apostle, what does that mean? Sometimes certain things happen in people's life. The same promise been made in your life as a Christian or my life as a Christian, but some people believe and others of us don't, and, and the ones that, that believe the thing happened for and the ones that don't believe it doesn't happen for. Not that the same promise, the prom look, Saul could have killed Goliath. Eliab could have killed Goliath. Obadiah could have killed any, any of the Israelite soldiers. But they did not what? They didn't believe. David believed. 
The Bible says all things are possible to them that what? Believe. See, see, the problem is, you know, if you don't believe much, don't look for good for God to do a whole lot for you. But when we believe God more, God says, I'll do more for you. Well, then my thing is, Lord, let me believe you a lot. Then God said, then I'll do a lot for you. However you believe me, that God said, that's how I'm going to do for you. You believe me a little? Yeah. Well, then I'm going to just do a little. You believe me a lot? Yeah. Well, then God says, I'm going to do a lot. You believe me uh, uh, plenty? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to do plenty for you. However you and I believe God, that's how God is going to do for us. Eliab said, I know how conceited you are, verse 28. How wicked your heart is. Now, watch this now. Eliab said that David had a wicked what? Heart. God said that David was a man after his own heart. Now, somebody's lying. Either David's brother was lying or God was lying. Some of you, some of us. Either our family is lying, our brothers and sisters are lying, or God is lying. <laughs> Praise God. Now, so, look, what did, what did Eliab say about David? I know how wicked your heart is. Eliab said David had a wicked heart. God said David was a man after his own heart. Now, somebody's lying. So understand, family and friends may be saying one thing about us, and God may be saying just the opposite. That's why you and I better know what God has said. Watch this. You came down only to watch the battle. Now, now, we only need to watch that. Because sometimes people will accuse us of the very thing that they are doing. The reality was David was not down there to watch the battle because David ended up killing Goliath and bringing a great victory for the Israelite army. Turns out that Eliab was the one down there, what? Watching the battle, running when Goliath came out in the morning, running when Goliath came out in the evening. He was the one watching. David came down there and got busy. It's the difference between those who are watching the will of God be done and those who are doing the will of God. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may we be doers of the word, doers of the will of God, not just spectators, not just watchers. Well, Come on, let's get ready to close this. Well, you know, David listens at that foolishness that his brother's talking away, talking about. And God says, Robert, deal with this for a moment with my people. Because some of them need to do just as David 
had to do his brother. Look at verse 30. Now his brother was talking pure what? Nonsense. And, you know, David listened at that nonsense for a while. Then finally David did what in verse 30? He turned away. See, my prayer for you, my prayer for me, may we turn away from people talking nonsense. Whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's loved ones, mama, papa, sister, brother, son, nonsense. We discern that's nonsense. Turn away from that. Just turn away from that. Here is David's brother talking a whole bunch of stuff that is not in line with what God has said and what God has promised and who God says that David turned away. I'm not listening to this any further. And watch this now. Watch this now because we can close this message, children of God. Now, I, I share and the Lord just brought this in my spirit. The Bible said, do you see a man skilled in his work, right? He will serve before kings. He will not serve for obscure men. David turned away from his brother who was an obscure man. Obscure mean not easy to understand or, or, or you know, the, well, people that you, you kind of had to twist your face up. To under the, David turned away from his brother. And turn to who? No. Who did he turn to? Who did he start talking to? After he quit Saul. And Saul was the king. David turned away from obscure men. And turned to the king. My prayer for you. My prayer for me. May we turn away from obscure people. And turn to kings. And turn to those that carry some real authority. And turn to those who are not uh, uh, jealous and envious and, and all this. Stuff. Saul heard David, heard the, the spirit that was in him. And, and immediately, without David going to boot camp, Without David learning how to uh, to swing a sword, without David learning how to shoot a bow and arrow, immediately put David in the service and set him up to fight Goliath. Kings, David served before king because he was skilled in his work. You say, Apostle, I was a skill. This is the first giant we read about David killing. Yeah, it may have been the first giant, but what about that lion that David killed? What about that bear that David killed when it tried to take one of his father's sheep? So David says to Saul, and we're about to close. Now, we're talking about fear of man. You know, it approved it to be a snare. David was not afraid of his brother. David was not afraid of Goliath. David was not afraid of the king. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. 
David said, that means you too, Saul. Let what? No one. David said, don't nobody, don't nobody be scared of this Philistine. Saul, Eliab, Obadiah, Shammah, you soldiers, don't let no one. Your servant will go and fight him. Now, and I shared this in Pakistan a, a few weeks ago. It was important for David to do this very quickly. Why? Why do you think it was important for David to hurry up? When he went down there and saw that it was some foolishness going on and saw that the Israelite soldiers were running from Goliath and afraid, and David hurry up and made a decision to go and fight Goliath. Why do you think it was important for him to go go quickly? One of the saints it hit it right on the head before he become like them. See, that's why it's important for you and I to go on and do and say what God has told us to do and to say. If not, we start hanging around people. I looked up the other day. You know, God had said some things and. Saints were mourning and crying. I looked up one of the Christian center saints was after God had just said about the situation. One of the Christian center saints was mourning and crying. Let's go and do what we got to do. Say what we got to say. Trust God so that we don't fall into the same way of thinking, the same way of talking, the same way of doing as others. David had to hurry up. And go fight Goliath. Or tomorrow morning, he might have been out running with the, the Israelite soldiers away from Goliath in the morning and away from Goliath in the evening. Do not be misled. Bad company, what? Corrupts. Good character. Dave said, I can't get corrupted down here. See, sometimes we get corrupted when we don't do God's will. Fast enough, ex exponentially. You know, we we start thinking like they thinking. We start talking like they talking. We start behaving like uh uh. David says, uh, uh let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. I'll fight him. I'll fight him now. Now. I'm not gonna sit and and be listening to this all day and all night. Not this. When I know what our God, I know what. I, listen, God had promised He would deliver His people from. All the enemies around them. David said, I know what God has said now. I'm not gonna sit here and listen at this nonsense, what I'm saying out of y'all with this with this uncircumcised Philistine. Sometimes we sit and we listen to nonsense too long. Understand God is not sending you to the lunch table at, at work so you can sit down and, and listen to the latest gossip with your co-workers. If he's sending you there, he's sending you there to say something. To do something, to share something, and then you go. He's not sending us to sit and become a part of the nonsense of people that are not trusting God or not believing God.
David said, I'll, I'll go and fight him. Now, even, even with David going quickly, and we're about to close, even with David going quickly, still the individual Saul was trying to convince David otherwise. So understand that even when we go and trying to say what God has told us to say or do what God has told us to do, or, or, or there'll be individuals still trying to convince us of the same nonsense that they under the influence of. Watch this. Saul replied, you are not able to go out and fight against this Philistine. Well, the reason why Saul said that is because he believed he was not able. Listen, just because you're not able doesn't mean that I'm not able. Just because others may not be able, that doesn't mean that we are not able. We're children of God. We believe God. God has told us all things are possible to them that believe. What is this nonsense you're talking about? So you got to be careful, my brother and my sister. When people are under the influence of nonsense, they will try to convince you and me to be under the same influence of what? Nonsense. And David is believing that God will give us the victory. Saul is not. But Saul is the king, so he gets, he gets a word in here. You are not able. David just said, I'll go fight him. Saul said, you're not able. Somebody's lying. Somebody fine. You're not able to go fight against this Philistine. You are only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, David said, uh, Saul, I can't let you get the last word in when your word is not from God. I want to encourage you. Don't we have to let individuals get the last word in when their word is not from God? David, David said, but David said, Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Lion or bear came, carried off the sheep from the flock. I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Saul said, go. Going down the last part of verse 37. Saul said to David, go. Lord be with you. <laughs> Saul said, I can't, I can't argue with that. I encourage you, my brother and my sister, let God get the last word. Not nonsense, not nonsensical people, not nonsensical doctrine, non uh-uh, uh-uh. God, get the last word. Here we go. In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you have to flee. Oh, tell me who can stand before us when we 
Saints, you can reach us through email at https colon forward slash forward slash thadfg dot com forward slash tcccww. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes daily. On Facebook, join us on Robert Bryant. On YouTube, join us on the Christian Center Church channel. We can even be reached by phone at plus 252-525-4777. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on TalkShoe, Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.